This episode is sponsored by the IoT Job Site, the world's only dedicated space for applying for and advertising IoT vacancies across the world. Register now for job alerts or get in touch via Let's Talk at the IoTJobSite.com. Welcome back to the IoT Podcast, guys. As always, I'm your host, Tom White. Today, we are joined by Jonathan Seelig. Jonathan is the co-founder, chairman, and chief evangelist at Ridge, the world's most flexible cloud. Ridge unlocks the full potential of cloud-native computing through its distributed cloud architecture. Guys, as usual, before we get into it, please don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe to the show to be notified whenever there's a new episode. And as always, I don't care how you're connected, just as long as you're connected. Jonathan, welcome to the IoT Podcast Show. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. Pleasure to have you here. Um, to kick off, as usual, uh, for those that haven't done a bit of research on yourself or on Rich, could you explain a little bit about your background and, and how it is you you know came to found or co-found Rich? Absolutely. Um so uh, I am a very long-time uh, infrastructure geek. I've been working in the infrastructure space around telecom and the internet for uh, close to three decades at this point. Um, the first company that I started in the space, I started 24 years ago, a company called Akamai Technologies, which is the world's first content delivery network, or CDN. Um, and at Akamai, what we helped to do is we helped content providers get new levels of scalability, performance, and reliability uh, on the web. And we did this by giving them highly distributed infrastructure where traditionally content providers had hosted their content in a single location somewhere on premises or in data center. We came in and said, hey, why isn't your stuff living all over the world if your users are all over the world? Why not have proximity to them with the actual physical infrastructure that your uh, content is being delivered from? So we pioneered that idea about 25 years ago. And if you look at the world today, there isn't a content provider that thinks that the way that they should scale up their delivery infrastructure is by buying more servers and load balancers and routers in a single location, but rather everybody uses some form of content delivery infrastructure, which is highly uh, distributed. So my background really is in infrastructure with sort of a, a kind of pioneering role, I guess I would say, uh, without sounding too you know immodest, um, in, in distributed infrastructure for specifically content in the case of Akamai. Um, I co-founded Ridge almost four years ago uh, with my two co-founders, uh, Nir uh, Sheffi and Maddie Lerner. And we started Ridge with the idea that the modern application stack, the way that applications are being developed today in what is being referred to as sort of a cloud-native application uh, development framework, that those types of applications would also benefit, as did content 25 years ago, um, from distributed infrastructure. That infrastructure that is deployed all over the world, giving an application owner the ability through a single API to run a cloud native application in lots and lots of different places is going to be a very valuable infrastructure capability. Um, and so that's what we've been working on at, at Ridge. We've been working on building managed services that can be run in, uh, as I said, a very highly distributed and very diverse environment. That's things like a fully managed Kubernetes service for deploying and scaling application workloads, um, secure and scalable and, and durable uh, object, store, ob uh, object storage, 
um, in a, a highly distributed environment, the ability to run containerized applications in, uh, in, in a distributed environment. And we've done this by deploying our infrastructure in hundreds of POPs around the world. And so the idea has been to pioneer, uh, uh, again, as we did at Akamai for content, very distributed, very performant, very scalable infrastructure for the application stack. Yeah, excellent. Thank you so much for that intro, Jonathan. Um, and, and, and for people that aren't aware, you know, Akamai has gone on to, to have nearly 8,000 employees, uh, you know, tremendous growth as a business, you know, your background in infrastructure. And I think you've been quite modest, <laughs> you know, and the various boards that you've sat on, et cetera, in the past, you know, means you're very well uh, suited uh, to be a co-founder of Ridge. And some of the stuff that you guys are doing is really, really very interesting. So appreciate the intro. Um, jumping, jumping straight into it. Um, uh, it's been widely spoken about that there we face po problems around public cloud, right? Um, especially with, with IoT and uh, the emergence of varying IoT devices. Um, what what sort of uh, architects, architectures, and, and opportunities do we look at here? You know, what what are Ridge doing to address some of these concerns? So, um, you know, the the. Uh... Well, so first and foremost, we have obviously been reading a lot of late and seeing and experiencing a lot of late around, uh, you know, reliability and performance challenges with the uh, with cloud infrastructure. Um, with, with that said, you know, let me be very clear: the hyperscale clouds are amazing, right? I mean, the what AWS has built, what GCP has built, what Azure have built, what DigitalOcean and many others have built are very, very impressive. Um, you know, infrastructure capabilities. Uh, sure, there's an Amazon, an AWS failure uh, or an Azure failure, you know, now and again, but they're, they are very capable, very effective infrastructure platforms. What those infrastructures are not is flexible and uh, diverse in where they will allow you to deploy workloads. The hyperscalers, as tremendous as they are, have built very large, very scalable, reliable, performant data centers in a very small number of places. And one of the things that the IoT community has been grappling with in the last many, uh, you know, many years is as we start to try to integrate more data, as we start to pull more and more information off of the factory floor in the case of a sort of a, 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 a you know, a locality-based IoT collection point or the world at large, as we think about devices roaming around and scooters and bikes and cars and people and sweaters and watches and whatever else people are gonna have IoT embedded into, as we start to think about the quantity of data that is being generated and the diversity of locales across which that's happening, the idea that we're going to collect all of that back into East two or Frankfurt uh, is, you know, sort of patently absurd in, in, in my opinion. We've never seen an infrastructure capability that becomes massively popular, that starts to gain massive adoption scale through centralized infrastructure technologies. You know, we stopped putting a single switchboard in you know, in, in the basement of a BT facility in London and switching all the calls and we started to spread them out. We stopped putting, you know, single routers in, in, in you know, in one area in the network for a single egress point from 
uh, uh, wireless networks that we're designing and we've started to put them all over, right? The way that we scale is by giving more access, more distribution, more, uh, more diversity. And our view around what we see, the, the, the reason we started Ridge, the opportunity that we saw in starting Ridge was that lots of different application uh, types and lots of different application owners in the DevOps world are starting to either already or, or, or you know, have an impending need for distributed capabilities. Now, that might mean you want to be in 100 different places around the world. It might mean that you want to be in three very specific places. It might mean that you're perfectly happy on the public cloud for part of what you do, but you've got an existing infrastructure relationship somewhere that is important to you that you don't want to be moving out of and you want that as part of your overall architecture. So our question at Ridge has always been, how do we give the application owner immense levels of flexibility around where they're going to be able to run modern applications? By modern applications, we mean these cloud native services, again, managed Kubernetes, managed containers, managed object storage, these services that are sort of the hallmark of how a, a brand new modern application is being developed, deployed, and orchestrated. Yeah. I think yeah, it's remarkable, really. Um, I mean, as you say, you know, what the hyperscalers have done is fantastic. Um, however, um, there, there's, there's room uh, there's room for other people in this, right? Um, well, look, I mean, have we ever seen an infrastructure capability and infrastructure service where three companies dominated the entire yeah. world? It, yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't happen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, so to talk more about Ridge, in particular, Ridge Cloud, um, you know, what is what is the idea of being supporting the various innovations in this space, and and how do you think it's going to progress? You know, in time. So, um, um, the so what we've built at uh, at Ridge is we've built a cloud. We've built a cloud computing infrastructure that gives application owners the ability to run cloud native applications in many different. Uh, places around the world, either places they already have existing infrastructure relationships and where some of their infrastructure is already uh, deployed and operating, or in new diverse locales where they are going to need infrastructure uh, capabilities. What we see is sort of an emerging uh, computing model that we think will help IoT uh, uh, players combine the benefits of what people have been calling sort of the edge of the network and the, the public cloud um, capabilities. That's what we've been working on offering at Ridge is the ability to give this sort of unified distributed cloud, um, having a single standards-based API and way of engaging with the Ridge infrastructure and the Ridge cloud, um, while giving the opportunity to deploy workloads across a multiplicity of locations and, and, and many diverse locations. One of the things that we um, are, are you know, very aware of in the core infrastructure world is that in many, many places around the world, there are existing service providers who are a superlative provider of space, power, and connectivity who very often have fantastic customer relationships in those markets, right? The traditional PTTs, the traditional telcos in, in lots of markets, as much as 
uh, um, you know, as that business has changed over time, those service providers continue to this day to have the best locations, the largest collection of points of presence all over the, the country that they operate in, the best connectivity, and customer relationships with lots and lots of people in those markets. Um, for a new service provider, even somebody as powerful and, and, and capable as an AWS, a GCP, or an Azure to you know, come into Switzerland and uh, you know, try to out-infrastructure Swisscom it isn't going to happen, right? They'll partner with them. They'll be a customer of theirs. But it turns out that the best points of presence in that geography are owned by that telco. In Spain, you can't get better points of presence than what Telefonica owns. Um, and so one of the things that we believe very strongly is that by partnering with existing service providers who are invariably in those markets, the best providers of space power connectivity, that we can help to build the most high functioning, the most performant cloud capability in that market. Are you going to bet your IoT collection business on a cloud that has 15 different locations across Spain, all deployed in Telefonica, you know, pops and data centers, or a single data center in Frankfurt run by AWS that needs to get all the data back from Spain? Mm -hmm. And I think, that, I think that's one of the primary selling points, right, is the fact that this distributed... Um, distributed cloud, it's almost the same as if you look at security protocols for storage 15, 20 years ago, right? You, 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 you know, you'd have a RAID set up on a computer um, and then you'd have offsite storage and then you'd, you'd, you'd ensure that this was safe from an infrastructure point of view. And it's, lo and it's logical. And I think that's the main thing, isn't it? Logic would state that you're not solely reliant or reliant upon a couple of data centers uh, that may that may be quite large or, or could be prone to attacks, right? Yeah. And this is another big concern, isn't it? Uh, they, yeah. you know, well, they you know, in, in the early days of the CDN at Akamai, we went to to early content providers who were very often working with um, very established, you know, service providers in, in the market that they were in. And our pitch there to, to many of our earliest customers was, would you rather be in one place or in twelve places? And it's a pretty simple choice when you sort of frame it uh, uh, that way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and where are we going with all of this, Jonathan, in terms of envisioning the cloud for the future and then linking this back to obviously uh, our audience and, and their interest in IoT? I mean, how much will cloud need to evolve in order to support this? Because um, we've made some fantastic, you know, uh, inroads at the moment. I mean, the whole concept of distributed cloud is a logical but great step and what Ridge is doing is great. But what's the next step after that? Uh, you know, with, with my historically unbelievably foggy crystal ball uh, in, in front of me, <laughs> um, you know, what, what I will sort of, the way that I think of this and describe it is not that there's going to be a kind of radical uh, redefinition of cloud or a, a radical kind of, you know, oh, well, why were we doing it that way? We're going to, you know, all do it this way now and it's going to be called cloud 2.0 or uh, I don't know. You, you know, the, the, my, my belief is that 
what we will see is in fact sort of an expansion in concentric circles of infrastructure resources and capabilities out there in the world this the you know I, we talked a little bit about this term uh edge and mm. and what does that actually mean well we didn't talk about what it actually means we sort of yeah. used the word without talking about what it actually means and it's a word that i've been sort of using in various different contexts for over two decades and it's always meant something different you know over time what i see happening currently in the um in the infrastructure and and the cloud world is that the infrastructure that's out there today that people consider to be you know if you def if you ask somebody today what's the public cloud they'll tell you oh it's aws um uh, okay it's it's more than that obviously but to me what people are today sort of defining as the public cloud will in fact um be seen as as core infrastructure assets that will be a fundamental sort of backbone of of, of compute and of uh, computational storage and other resources for, for application owners. But I think that what we're going to see is we're going to see these sort of sh these concentric circles get built out, um, kind of expanding from there to give the application owner in the, the first instance, simply a broader set of geographies with many of those same functionalities and capabilities. Subsequently, I think we're going to move into this sort of 5G edge compute mode where we're really going to take advantage of the infrastructure assets deployed by mobile operators and, and across the, 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 the mobile uh, carrier, you know, sort of ecosystem. And we'll get an even more distributed tier of infrastructure capability. Um, and then the next concentric circle sort of beyond that is probably going to be very much driven by what the IoT community um, builds, looks for and requires in terms of you know, latency and throughput from the edge devices that the IoT industry gets deployed and 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 um, you know uh, and and builds uh, use cases for, and the infrastructure to which it's going to need to to connect. So, one of the reasons that at Ridge we're we're quite fascinated by what's going on in IoT is because we do view it as kind of the the tip of the spear um, of how distributed application capability is going to need to be. Yeah, no, completely. And I think that's a really good uh, synopsis. Um, I think one of the big problems that we've had in the IoT world, and it's been spoken about here quite a few times, is um, a common understanding, a common platform and an agreement um, in order for devices to talk together. You know, we, last few episodes we've filmed, we've talked about um, permanent roaming and and how you know that that can help and e sims etc. Um, in order to keep things going, right? Um, in essence, in your view, some of the limitations that we've had around cloud and things and obstacles that we're going to have to sort of get past in order to keep progressing. What does what does that look like? And 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 you know, are there any major stumbling blocks here? Well. Um... The, the, um, one of the biggest stumbling blocks, I would say, in um, how application owners will be able to take advantage of the sort of next generation of infrastructure capabilities and of uh, deployment models that are, um, that are going to be out there, including, you know, but not limited to clearly uh, Ridge, one of the big things that we uh see some challenge with 
is the level of vendor locking that application owners uh, often unintentionally end up with to a, uh, a single public cloud provider. Um, you know, like all good businesses, if uh, uh, the hyperscalers are able to kind of lock you into their platform and make the, the switching costs quite high, make the you know egress of your data very costly, make the uh, uh, development kind of uh, costs that you've put into building your application and the development resources that you've put into your application uh, uh, yields an offering that can only run in their proprietary environments. Um, you know, they love that. Everybody wants customer lock-in. Everybody wants a customer who's going to have a really, really hard time, you know, leaving. Um, and so one of the things that we do end up spending a fair amount of time talking to the developer community around, uh, you know, about is when you are using proprietary tools from, uh, you know, anybody, uh, a cloud provider, a software provider, a hardware provider, um, just make sure that you have a very high level of sensitivity to and awareness of the extent to which that means you must always run on, on their infrastructure. Um, and to, to me, I think one of the most kind of important things for the IoT community as it's developing next generation applications and edge applications and higher throughput and latency sensitive, you know, applications as more kind of, next generation interesting functionality is getting built just having a very very strong level of awareness around whether you are or are not putting yourselves in a vendor locked kind of uh, uh, situation and if you are doing that are you doing it intentionally and are you getting some benefit for it right i'm not saying that nobody should ever use the proprietary technologies that the hyperscalers offer that that do in fact kind of lock you into their platform a little bit but just rather that if you do it, you go in eyes wide open saying, okay, I'm making this as a, a concerted and intentional choice. Yeah. I mean, thank you. The, the vendor lock conundrum is an interesting one. Um, and something I've spoken about with both commercial gain, protecting IP, locking people in, but also it's juxtaposed with, um, the community spirit and the advancement of technology, right? Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, I wonder just if there is a way in which somehow we can uh, allow uh, a non-vendor locking situation, but with, you know, elements of royalties or some description back to the, the originator, somehow to keep, to keep this expanding, because otherwise we're always going to be limited by by these situations and it's and it's played some yeah I, well, iot we, devices right yeah and you're absolutely right I, we have um been very much of the opinion that kubernetes is a significant technology in this particular um you know uh kind of philosophical approach to 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 development if you want to call it that um we are uh, uh, seeing more and more application owners committing to what they are building in the in the in the Kubernetes environment, um, in significant part because it simply means that they know that they are going to be able to pick it up and run it somewhere else if they want to. 
they've by building something that is fully, you know, cloud native computing foundation compliant and complies to the spec, they know that they've given themselves the um, flexibility to pick up their workloads tomorrow from their current vendor and drop them down at some other uh, certified managed Kubernetes offering and, and it will run. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Jonathan, move, moving forward, uh, what's next for Ridge? What um, can we expect to see? <laughs> well, we are, you know, a, a, a relatively early stage company. As I said, we've been around for close to four years, which in the startup world, I think to some people sounds like a long time. But for those of us who've built infrastructure startups in our career, it's not. It takes time to build infrastructure. It takes time to build a reliable and scalable and 100 plus location cloud, which is what we've done at, at Ridge. So we're just now at the point in our kind of business evolution where the ramp up of customers onto the platform is building and where we're getting to see the, you know, re really the exciting kind of fruits of our um, of our labor in building this infrastructure, which is seeing application owners um, use your infrastructure and be just unbelievably, uh, uh, you know, thrilled that they chose to work with you because you give them the, the, the performance and the reliability and the scalability that they've been seeking. So right now at Ridge, we're all about kind of building our customer base, finding more and more use cases for this distributed uh, geographically diverse cloud. Um, that's, that's our current focus. Excellent. Well, look, you know, I mean, you, as I said at the start of the show, you fantastic background. Uh, your co-founders have a great background. Um, and, and, and I'm, you know, this is no mean feat, <laughs> you know, and just to, just to reiterate that four yeah, years isn't a long time, especially in the world in which you're in, yeah. uh, these things don't happen overnight. And, uh, and I think, I think our listeners and, and viewers are definitely going to be aware of that. Um, it's been wonderful having you on and, and learning more about Ridge and I really thank you for your time today. It's been, been abs absolutely really interesting. Um, I've got a question for you from our previous guest that she yes. and I thought, uh, I thought this might be quite a poignant one and something that you'd like to talk about. So uh, as a reminder, so uh, Rashid Satsena, head of IoT portfolio management at Telia, uh, has asked you, um, what role do you see service providers play in order to help enterprises on their journey to the cloud? Yeah. Um, so uh, it's a question that I'm very happy to answer because we think about it a lot. At, at <laughs> our partners at Ridge in building our cloud on which we run our our you know our our customers' workloads and and which is that's the underlying infrastructure for the Ridge Cloud um, is all built in partnership with existing service providers in lots of different markets around the world. As as I said earlier in the podcast, in so many geographies around the world, there is a local provider who is outstanding in terms of space, power, connectivity, reliability, service. They're billing the customer in their currency in their language. They're uh, you know, their, their support team is staffed the right hours of the day, right? All of those um, things are, are important in the selection of a service provider. We think that the existing service providers out there in the world are a vital part of building the distributed cloud of, of the future, that they will be a participant in that, just like they've been a participant in building the internet and the data centers and the hosting facilities and the, you know, uh, 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 virtualized, uh, you know, uh, server uh, in businesses. Um, all of those uh, infrastructure 
offerings have have relied on the existing infrastructure of existing service providers. So we view them as absolutely critical in in, in what gets built. From an enterprise uh, perspective, they're even more critical because many of these enterprises in these different geographies already have an existing customer relationship with those service providers. And what they would like to do from what we've understood from many of them is to continue that business relationship with that service provider so long as that service provider can help to bring them the modern application stack, which they want today for their newest applications. And so, you know, the, in, in answer to, um, you know, in answer to the question, I, I just think that they are a vital part of this next generation of cloud infrastructure. They might've been, you know, uh, the, the, the hyperscalers perhaps had a little bit more of an ability to marginalize them and sort of reduce their value in the, you know, in the ecosystem when the types of applications that were being brought to these cloud providers were monolithic, centralized. Sure, you want to run it in East 2? Fine. Oh, it does not going to work there. You want to run it in Secaucus, New Jersey instead because you ran out of space in, you know, East 2? Okay, fine. Run it there. What happens when that same application owner needs lots of different geographies that are in fact um, kind of best served by the existing service providers. Well, it puts that existing service provider in a very good strategic position, um, you know, for vis-a-vis uh, -vis the market. Um, and so, so we think that there's a huge opportunity for the existing service providers. We do think, however, that one of the things they need to do is to be able to say to their customers, yes, I know how to help you with modern capabilities not just with, you know, two, five, 10 and 25 year old capabilities. Fabulous answer. Jonathan, thank you. Where can people find out more about Ridge? We are on the web at ridge.co. I am Jonathan, J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N at ridge.co. Please uh, feel free to reach out. Happy to connect and chat with people. Happy to give you a demo account on our cloud to be able to uh, see what we've built and, and kick the tires and um, uh, very uh, much looking forward to the conversations that come from this conversation that you and I have had today. Excellent. Jonathan, thank you so much for joining us on the IoT podcast show. My pleasure. Thanks, Tom. And as usual, guys, follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter, the IoT podcast. Check out the website, the IoTpodcast.com, where you can watch this and previous episodes. It would be great to hear your thoughts on where you envision cloud and IoT going into the future. Please do get involved in the comments. We're building a wonderful community here and uh, we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. As always, cheers.